The following program is sponsored by Lindis Construction. This is the WCCO Home Improvement Show, brought to you by Lindis Construction. One call, one contractor. Lindis Construction provides Minnesota and Wisconsin with the best products and workmanship. They provide leaf guard gutters, asphalt roofing, metal roofing, season guard replacement windows, exterior siding, remodeling, new construction, and more. If you've got questions, they've got answers this hour. Here's Denny Long and Andy Lindis. Hey, good morning. Andy's taking the day off today. Eric Kuby is back with us from Lindis Construction, filling in uh, for Andy. Good to see you again, Eric. Yeah, good morning, Denny. Yeah, good what, to see you again, too. Was it a little misty when you walked in today? Not as bad as yesterday. I yeah. drove in the snow yesterday. Oh, you did? Yes, <laughs> it was, it was a snow globe. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a foretaste of the, what's coming, I That's guess. That's right. <laughs> if you have, and I will say this up front, if you have any kind of a home improvement question for Eric, now is your chance, either by phone or by text, as usual, Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. We've cleared those phone lines, so if you want to use the phone to ask your question of Eric, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six, or send uh, send Eric a text eight one eight zero seven. Your home improvement question via text eight one eight zero seven. You've had a little uh, home improvement at your uh, home, haven't you? Yeah, I, I got some leaf guard gutters on this week, so we're excited. You finally got it. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally got it. We finally sold you on, yeah. on your well, own product. <laughs> trying to, yeah, you know, talk to other people about how great it is. And so finally my wife and I decided to put it on our house, and we're excited. Um, didn't really get to see any rain on it yet, but excited yeah. to see what it'll do because we've had some issues with water getting in the basement and overflowing gutters and, you know, trying to get up there and keep it clean. And I'm young enough to do that, but I never have any time. I'm, yeah, you're busy. I leave I before it's light out, and I get home well after it's dark it's out. Dark, so that's right. And you don't have to worry about it with leave guard, right? right absolutely, is, that yeah. does all the work. Yeah. The funny part is, is I was at a couple of homes this week that were multiple previous customers, and I mentioned to one of them that yeah, I'm putting leaf guard on. He said, "This is the third house we've had leaf guard put on. Every time we buy a house, it's the first thing we How do." How about that? It's third leaf- time. Yeah. And so here's a customer telling me, "You're going to love it." <laughs> Selling you on it. Selling, I says, I'm sold on it already, but thank you for that. It's a a great product. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, and this over the winter and into the spring, we're going to also work on some windows and putting some season guard windows in and truly love that. It's a good product, isn't it? Love that product. Again, you know, what what I love about Lindis is that we put products in that are going to last a really long time. And as I get older, I realize the value of not doing things multiple times. Yes, and that's what's so so important is that you know yeah it might cost a little more up front, but if you never have to do anything more with it in the future, how much is that saving? It's really? just it's really a great thing. It is. Well, uh, this is a time of year I would imagine uh, you hope that uh, folks are calling Linda's Construction about uh, future work next year, next spring, next summer, next fall, whatever the case may be, whatever the project is. Uh, do we as homeowners uh, make a few mistakes along the way, uh, not getting our ducks in a row, uh, anything like that? Never. No. <laughs> Customer's always right. Customer right. is always right. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's one of those things where when you think about a project, a lot of times people don't think about all the pieces and parts that might come into it. One of the biggest things I see is electrical. We're, you know, looking at redoing a bathroom or redoing a kitchen and realizing that the house has never been upgraded electrically. It might be as, even as big as it's still got a fuse box in the house. 
But maybe it's something as simple as, you know, two years ago the code has changed and requiring arc fault, there was always ground fault circuit or GFCIs. But now the now there's a code requirement for arc fault. Now what's that? Let me explain it a little bit as in, in the simpler terms as I know because I'm pretty simple. So ground fault is you throw a toaster in the in the bathtub and it's circuit pops and you don't get electrocuted. Arc fault is to protect when there's a jumping of of electricity across something. So if you hold two wires close together and you touch them with each other and you see a, a spark flying. Yeah, an arc. An yeah. arc. So what the purpose of arc faulting is, is to protect if there's a jump like that, it blows the circuit. So that way, it's a more of a fire thing. Ground fault okay. is more of an electrocution thing. Arc faulting is more of a fire thing. Well, now they've you know required in a kitchen, for instance, you got to be arc faulted and ground faulted in if you're close enough to to water, for instance. So it and a lot of um, times we'll run into there's a panel that's too old. They don't make the the correct circuit breakers for it. So it really you know increases the project cost where. You know, might be thinking about a kitchen, and all of a sudden we come back and say, "Well, now there's six, eight, ten thousand dollars of electrical work that need to get done," and that is not part of the normal thought process in the in the homeowner's you know planning of this whole thing. And the major part of it is that, and the other part of it is, in the old days, it was okay to have one or two circuits that supplied a kitchen, for instance. Now. You might have six, eight circuits. The way it's broken up, it's totally different. And, you you know, I've been in a lot of kitchens where you've got 10 feet of countertops and two outlets. So you got cords running everywhere. Oh, sure. Yeah. So now the requirement is you have more outlets, you know, no more than four feet apart, no more than two feet from an end, no more than two feet from the sink. So it's a good thing, but in, or, but in order to make it work, it's it becomes a pretty big thing. So... That's one of, you know, there's one of the things we run into quite often. When you go to uh, uh, customers' homes or, you know, possibly a customer yeah. uh, to, to think about a project, to talk about a project, do you have to go, whatever city we're talking about here, are there a lot of variables with codes from city to city, suburb to suburb, let's say? Yeah, the two big, two biggest variables is we work in two states. And, you know, it's, it's funny, but each state has a different code version. Wisconsin is behind Minnesota. Minnesota is steps ahead. The arc faulting thing is not an issue in Wisconsin yet. It's going to come because they're going to finally catch up with with the code requirements of things. But even in the Twin Cities, the cities of St. Paul, Minneapolis, and and some of the inner suburbs are a little more strict than the outer on the outer suburbs hmm. get. So you, in the in your job with Linda's, has to. Find out this information before you get something going. Yeah, it's an ever learning process. I bet it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm always listening, always listening to our tradesmen, always listening to the inspectors, trying to learn. Because what my goal is is to head this stuff up up front. I don't want to get halfway into a project and go, oh, by the way, yeah, you're, you know, I only thought we were going to have a two thousand dollars for electrical, and now it's ten thousand dollars. I don't like that. I don't no like, surprises I don't, like that. No, no I, there still might be surprises. I am not perfect, but I want to know enough to make sure that the customers know what's going to happen. Yeah. 
and so that they can be prepared for it because it it doesn't help anybody if if you're not thinking and being prepared for it all right Eric, Kuby's in for Andy today. Hang on, Eric. We're going to take a quick break here. We have more show to come. If you have any kind of a home improvement question you want to field, uh, throw it toward Eric. Uh, call us, 651-989-9226, or send Eric a text, 81807. We'll pick up on some text messages, too, when we come back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our home improvement show presented every Saturday by our friends at Lindus Construction. I guess I haven't spelled that word yet. L-I-N-D-U-S. Still, I always, uh, Eric Kuby's in for Andy. I always ask Andy, Eric, if they've hired a Linda yet because a lot of people think it's Linda's construction. No, but that would really get it confusing. <laughs> Very much the, so. The other day I was trying to think of how many actual Linduses work at Lindus, and there is probably 10 or so. It's truly a family-run yeah, business. absolutely, where it's, you know, the three brothers and, and some cousins and, um, you know, Kevin and Emily stop by every once in a while to, uh, with Duke, and it's, so it's, it's but it's absolutely fun because it's a family business. It really is, yeah, good folks, good quality stuff. If you have a home improvement question for Eric, by all means, we'll take it by phone, which is 651-989-9226. Or if you uh, want to send a text, 81807. 81807. I'm going to let's see if we can't grab a text cuz I know you and I want to continue on with the information that we were we kind of began with uh, yeah. this morning. See if I can find We are thinking about buying aluminum decking. Do you know anything about this fairly new product? I I don't think we've ever talked about aluminum decking. I don't know much about it. I've seen it. Um you know, the couple things that I've noticed about it is, one, it seems a little slipperier than than a normal composite decking. Uh, the other thing is that the finish on it will scratch, and unlike in a, in a composite decking where you're just scratching the surface on aluminum decking, you're actually scratching the surface off because what that print is is actually printed on the surface of it. What I like about it is, the, at least the ones I've seen, is they interlock together and kind of seal up. So using it over some space that you're trying to keep water out of, it serves the purpose of keeping the water out of that space. I have never used it, to be honest. I've seen it used on some projects, um, but that was kind of the, the feedback that I, you know, because I asked the customer what they thought of the oh, product okay. after having it for a while. Yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about that on the show. Usually, uh, especially with Luke Panic and Andy uh, being here saying 80-some percent, 85 percent or more folks who build a deck uh, is uh, the, the low maintenance, not wood. Yeah. You know, it's back to my earlier comment about not doing stuff again. Yeah. You know, no, it's a good know, point. You put a wood deck on, you're putting yourself through the ringer of, of knowing that every year or two I'm going to have to, you know, pressure wash it and seal it and, and you know, put a finish on it and all that stuff. Um, been doing a lot of, you know, maintenance-free decks lately, a, a lot of Zuri uh, decks. That's great again. stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I really like that. People just love the look of it. It's, it is a little more expensive, but it, it looks so wonderful. Looks you so will not be like staining what? that ever. Never, it, never. Yeah. Tell you what, before we get back to uh, some more information you brought with, uh, Eric, let's, uh, let's talk to some folks who have been waiting online. Joe is calling in from Maple Grove with a question. Joe, you're on CCO. Good morning. Morning, Joe. Morning. How are you doing? Good. 
I have kind of an energy efficiency question about replacing some windows. I have a house that was built in 75. It has two by four walls. It's kind of, it's a multi-level house. So the lower levels are always kind of chilly in the winter. And the lowest level is, I guess you could call it a garden level. It's not a walkout, but when you look out the window, the bottom of the window is basically about a foot above grade. Sure. So it's partially and in the ground, but partially above. It's like a split entry. Basically. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. And unfortunately, it faces north. So these windows, which are original to the house, are not very well built, plus sure. they're old. So my sure. question is, is the windows are about 49 inches wide and 39 inches tall. They're sliders, you know, left and right. And because they're in the lowest level, we, we actually kind of use this room like a rec room. And the kids used to play down there, but now no one goes down there. But it's it's a full finished space. It's a nice space. And my question is, if I replace the window for energy efficiency, because we never open these windows, would it be any better to get a single piece of glass, you know, not a slider? It, you mean just putting a picture window in yeah, instead? Like, yeah, like a picture kind of a window. Yeah. What do you think I, about that? I, I wouldn't. Um Energy efficiency-wise, really not much difference. And, yes, a, a picture window would be better energy efficiency, but it's negligible. I wouldn't want to give up the ability to open a window and to get some airflow through there or even, you know, when the for resale value on the house, having something you could open would be good. The other thing, and, you know, granted, in, in your instance, it sounds like you've got access, but a lot of times on those split levels with no walkout, it's really hard to get things, big things into the basement. What we end up doing quite often is taking those sliders and making them so you can take the sashes out of them. And then you can, you know, use that as an access point to bring furniture or stuff into that basement. So in a couple, you know, ways, I would definitely have it so you could so you could open it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. 651-989-9226. You want to phone in your home improvement question or text it in at 81807. Uh, Lee's calling in from Chelsea, Michigan. Uh, Lee, thanks for calling. How can we help you? Morning, Lee. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, I've got a two-story house, uh, 1993. It's got, uh, I guess they call them architectural shingles the, uh, on top of the house and the continuous vent, the shingles that are on that are breaking up. Chunks come down occasionally, but the other shingles look okay. They're not curling up or anything. My question is, can just those top shingles be replaced or is it time to do the whole roof? How, how old is the roof? 93. Um, it's, you're getting point that it's probably close to time to replace the whole roof. I, I would get a, a roofing contractor out there or a couple out there and get their opinion. My guess, I've seen this before, and there was a time where we had issues with organic shingles, uh, Certainty being one of the brand names. And the shingle that's used on the cap is different than the shingle that's used on the roof. The shingle that's used on the cap is either a shingle made for a cap or a lot of times guys would just take a three-tab shingle and cut those 
and put those on on the cap. And the three-tab shingles is where they really had the problems with with these um, organic shingles of just the shingle falling apart. And, you know, that's you're in the right era of time that that was when those when they had problems with those. So I, I would get somebody out there and get an opinion because you might have more of an issue than you think you do, or you might just have just have that issue with the cap. And if it's a major manufacturer, there's probably still that shingle color available. Maybe, maybe not. And two, Lee, uh, if, if you do know a good roofer whom you trust, uh, that's great. But if you don't, maybe... Maybe Lee could call uh, Linda's Construction. Uh, you guys know people from all over the country. Yeah, absolutely. Not making any promises, Lee, but right. if you want to give our office a call, it's 1-800-LEAFGUARD, and the gals often will have a list of people yeah. out, out in the different areas. Of our uh, of our upper Midwest, yeah. Good luck, Lee. Thanks for the call. We, uh, Eric, have to take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go, so don't go away. Those folks on the line, stay there. We're going to get your questions answered. If you want to send uh, Eric a text, 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show, presented every week by our friends at Lindis Construction. Uh, Eric Hoopy's in from Lindis Construction, filling in for Andy today. And Eric, as usual, we have callers and we have texters, and I know you've got a lot of more information to impart as well, but see if we can't help these folks out so, uh, sounds first good. before yeah. we do. Uh, who's been waiting? Chuck is calling from Invergrove Heights. Chuck, you're on CCO with Eric. Yeah, hey, I don't know if you can help me or not, but I, I'm having my roof repaired or replaced due to hail damage, and all, and they're all so busy now that it's it's running late now, and I was wondering... When is it too cold to install a roof? I was I was thinking of uh, probably delaying it till till next spring or something like that. Is there is there a time when you, the shingles become too brittle to be walked on? It it isn't that. It's more of that they're not going to seal down. And so usually we think about when it gets below about fifty degrees um, that you don't want to do a roof because what the the whole deal with with shingles is there's a tab um, or there's a um, a strip on there that's got tar on it, and the shingles need to get warm enough so that tar to melt slightly so that they seal up. And what that does, it's more of a wind thing. So if they don't seal and you get some wind wind over the winter, it'll just peel the roof off. Um, it looks pretty, but it isn't a good thing. So realistically, we are probably past the normal time of doing doing roofs. We often get a little bit of decent weather here over the winter, but I would really put this off till spring. If you've got a leaking issue, you know, talk to the contractor that's doing it, see if they can do some temporary thing. But in all reality, um, wait till spring. Okay, very good. Thank you, Chuck. 651-989-9226 if you want to phone in your question for Eric. Otherwise, send a text, 81807. We'll pick up on those in a moment or two. Bob, though, in Minneapolis has been waiting there. Go ahead, Bob. We're listening. Morning, Bob. Hey, Eric, how are you? Bob here in Minneapolis. You did a great project for me uh, a couple summers ago. You built an addition off the back of my house. Wanted to give you a quick comment and then an easy question. Sounds good. Thank uh, you. I was able to enjoy all the World Series sitting in the comfort of my <laughs> new fireplace in the addition you built off the uh, back of my house. It was <laughs> all right. Great. Uh, quick question. You guys put the leaf guard uh, gutter stuff on for me. I'm just curious, do I need to get in there with a hose this time of year and just hose it out for cleanliness, or can I just leave it? Well, if you're bored, 
And uh, <laughs> no, you don't need to do anything with it. You know, the only thing that, you know, just like anything on your home, the outside of it might need to be cleaned, you know, so, and I don't do this even as good as I pretend to tell other people to do, but <laughs> you know, once a year, maybe you you go over the, your house and you, you know, scrub everything down and, and wash it down or pressure wash it or whatever, just include the, the outside of the gutter, the inside of the gutter. Don't worry about it. If you have an issue or problem, give us a call, but there's, you know, there's nothing you need to do with the inside of it. <laughs> I asked that very question. Thanks, Bob. 20 years ago or so, when uh, the, I first met the Lindis people, the salesman came over, talked to me about the LeafGuard gutter system. And I did this in portions. I didn't do the whole house or the garage or the shed all at once. I sure. did it in piecemeal. And I said, say, um, I can't remember his name, uh, should I uh, clean, should I hose out the gutters or pressure wash? The, he says, if it makes you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what you said, but you don't it's, have to. It's the whole purpose of, yeah. of putting I'm something getting, on your house yes, that you doesn't require it. the work. You just leave so, it. So absolutely. Thanks. 651-989-9226. Uh, there was a, a, another satisfied customer there, wasn't there? Huh? Um, I was looking at the text screen, Eric, and here's one. It says, the screws on my 15-year-old metal roof are backing out. I thought to to remove them and reinstall with a sealer. Any thoughts about that? I don't remember, Andy, you guys talking about doing that on the steel roofing. No, what what I'm guessing this is um, is a screw-down metal roof where you have exposed fasteners. I would call it more of a ribbed roof, like a pole building or, or a shed type of a roof. And those, you know, those screws are going to require maintenance. They have a rubber washer on them that will deteriorate over time. We do a, what's called a standing C metal roof, and... Again, I kind of keep talking about some things that don't require any work down the road, but what a standing the difference between a standing seam metal roof and this kind of roof, one is a standing seam metal roof is going to be a little more expensive because the material cost and labor cost is a little bit more in the front end, but all of the fasteners are hidden, oh, yeah. so there's nothing to ever adjust and do it. The problem with a metal roof it's a wonderful roof, but metal expands and contracts in heat and cold. So when you have fasteners that go through that that are exposed, it'll loosen up over time, just like this texture is talking about. And then you have to do something with it. And so now, you know, what needs to happen is a whole bunch of works. So you might have thousands of screws you got to take out and reset, you know, put new screws in. You know, I guess, again, it's just a, a time thing. Yeah, they, I've, I've never, uh, we've never had a question like that about steel roofing. So, uh, and Lindis, like you said, does not do that kind no, of application. We, we don't do that kind of kind of roofing. Okay, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six is the phone number, or send a text eight one eight zero seven. We'll get back to the phones in just a second. But I was looking at this text that came in a while ago, and uh, again, some of this has got to be some spell uh, correction. Uh, good morning. It says, we had a new driveway put in, and when I was putting a camper on the side of the house, I put a half-inch, three-foot-long couch in the driveway. I would imagine a gouge, yeah. maybe. <laughs> the that's a small couch. <laughs> it is, but that's what it says. you got to love spell it's check. Got, it's, yes, spell check. It's got to be a, um, a gouge. Auto correction, yeah. yeah. Uh, is there something I can put on that to protect it, or do I just... Is it just a lesson learned that came from Mark? Well, you know, you could 
you know, seal it up. I, did it say if, if it was concrete or No, or it's, asphalt? it is, uh, uh, let's see. Do, 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 oh, I had a new driveway put in. It doesn't say what it yeah. is. So my guess um, it's probably asphalt because concrete I would probably so, wouldn't yeah. break off like yeah. that. Still might. But, you know, go to your home center, get some of the the seal filler that, you know, you put on to, to fill the, the cracks in there. You know, just to keep the water out of it. But, yeah, absolutely, that's one of the fun parts of of that. Uh, you know, anything like that is if you, you know, put a strain right on the edge of it, there's a pretty good chance that it'll mm-hmm. that it'll break. So. I wonder if, uh, given warm weather, weather when it returns, if that can't be corrected by the contractor who put it in. There's no easy way to correct it. I suppose not after, a, after the fact. Yeah, you end up with a patch, yeah. and so yeah. what, what looks worse? So. Yeah. Good you point. can absolutely talk to them, and they might even recommend you know what to do to make sure it doesn't get worse. Yep, but. good idea. All right, uh, text number 81807 or call us 651-989-9226. Shirley is calling from Maplewood. Shirley, good morning. We're listening. Morning, Shirley. Um, I have noticed that the caulk between my steps and my uh, sidewalk has cracked, and this is right over a well pit, so now I'm getting water in the well pit. Is there anything I can do before spring? If you get some butyl caulk or, you know, have somebody do that, but it essentially you just want to seal that up, and that's pretty common. You've got, I'm sure, one of those well rooms that's underneath your front stoop, and, you know, there we see this a lot of times where there's water coming in there, um, if there's a really wide gap, might need to add some kind of uh, like a foam backer rod or something in there. And, yeah, and just, you know, some some really good uh, caulk that's going to move around a whole bunch, like a butyl caulk would be what I'd recommend. Thank you, Shirley. Yeah, I, I, it, it, so it's still you could apply that butyl caulking uh, in this weather. Let it dry out. Ah. The, it, the cold I don't think is going to bother okay, it. Okay, that's my wet, question. The wetness will. All right. Very good. Thank you, Shirley. Uh, Texter says this. We were talking about, and you were, about this arc fault versus a, a ground fault interrupter. Uh, yep. And this says, bum deal in regards to an arc fault. I had to pay for running a complete separate line and outlet for a treadmill, which kept shorting out. It wouldn't run on arc fault outlets in a five-year-old home. Can you explain what you think might be the problem? The problem is in the motor of the treadmill. We've run into this in refrigerators too in kitchens where the refrigerator is an older refrigerator and there's um it there's just an issue with how the motor um windings are and just there's just a little bit of arc jumping in there. The arc faulting is doing what it's supposed to do, though it's really frustrating because you might have had this thing this treadmill for a long time and it worked out fine, but as soon as the Either it aged and it started to get, um, you know, a little looser inside or else you've got the, um, you know, you just have the arc fault issue. You know, the issue is not the arc faulting. The issue is in the in the treadmill. It's not the – the arc faulting is absolutely doing what it's supposed to it be. It is. So if, if you want to still work out in your house, get a different treadmill. Yeah. You know, these are the fun arguments – or not arguments, but fun discussions to have with people like – why am I going to have to spend three thousand dollars get a new refrigerator or treadmill in this right. instance when it worked fine before? Yeah, that is frustrating. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's you know that's just the funness of of these codes and and the 
it's meant to protect us. It really is, though it really seems frustrating at times. Hang on, Eric. Eric Kubian from Linda's Construction this morning helping us out here. If you have a home improvement question, we'll take it by phone, which is 651-989-9226, or send a text 81807. It's uh, overcast now, 37 degrees. Don't forget to turn your clocks back one hour as you retire tonight. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show presented every week by our friends at Linda's Construction. All of our friends here from Linda's, Eric Kuby is with us here on CCO. We're trying to field uh, as many calls and text messages as, as we can, Eric. And I want to grab maybe one more. And then uh, you brought a lot of good information with us, so we can impart that, too, in just a moment. Uh, LP Smart Side, we talk about that from time to time. Question is, is it woodpecker safe, and is a gap required between boards horizontally when installed? I don't think we've ever talked about that. Well, woodpecker safe, it's going to deter woodpeckers. So what the woodpeckers want is bugs. Yeah. And so in a normal wood siding like cedar, for instance, the bugs get inside of there and they uh, live and they eat and they do all kinds of fun stuff. And the woodpeckers are trying to get the bugs out. So what's unique about LP Smart Side, though it is a wood product that's meant to look like a cedar siding, for instance, is that it's, it's treated with a mineral, natural mineral, that the bugs don't like. Bugs don't like it. Woodpeckers don't like it. I can't deter a woodpecker from being, let's say, not very smart. The other day they were out there pecking at my metal shed. Obviously, they weren't going to get very far with yeah. that. So it's not going to deter a woodpecker, but at least it's going to deter what the woodpecker's trying to eat. Yeah, I would I would think that would be, for just critters uh, living in that LP smart side, be kind of difficult, unless it snuck in, in between things. Yeah, and as far as the, yeah. as the gap goes, I... Honestly, I'm not an expert on how that material is installed. Um, it probably does have a small a small gap to it, um, but it's not. The material is a whole lot more stable than like vinyl siding, for instance, where it moves around a, a whole bunch. Yeah. LP Smart Side doesn't do that, so you don't need to in, have places for it to allow it to move. I really like that look, though. LP yeah. Smart Side has some great choices. Yeah, uh, it is. It is beautiful. I've done a lot of those projects and. A, People just just love it, and you know you put a diamond coat finish on it, which has got a thirty year warranty. The material is a fifty year warranty. Wow! Again, you're not worrying about it for a very long time, if at all. So, what you want? Low maintenance. Uh, t- texter says this: If I attach, uh, it's a window question. If I attach some extra oak framework around my indoor windows, will it benefit my insulation at all? I does. I desire the look I am after. Is that going to help uh, with any insulation uh, issues at all, adding no, oak framework? No, I think it's it's more of an aesthetic thing. Right. That, you know, wood doesn't have much of an insulation value to it. If it makes it look nicer, um, you know, go for it. Now, uh, we were talking about some other issues that maybe the homeowner uh, or maybe possible probable customers of Lindis, uh, we can fill them in on. What are the other things we should learn? Yeah. So a lot of times I'm looking at kitchens, and one of the big things with kitchens is people are looking at more space. So vertically usually ends up to be one of the places to get space. And we, for a long time, had put soffits in kitchens. And those soffits um, essentially were there, I think, to, to make so you have less cabinetry, less expense to cabinetry. 
but now you want a little more space, so you want to bring those those cabinets to the ceiling. What we often run into, though, when we take the soffits out is something might be inside the soffits, like electrical or plumbing, that now has to get dealt with. And then the other thing is, how is that soffit tied into the ceiling? And is the ceiling patch that we're going to have to do textured? You you really can't patch a textured ceiling without redoing the whole ceiling or else it really looks like a patch. And, you know, a lot of these homes um, that were built, you know, maybe in the 90s, uh, 80s, 90s, 2000s, they have a whole bunch of the ceiling that's all tied together. So you're talking about doing something in the kitchen. Now we're, re- we're redoing the ceiling on the better part of one level. It makes a, a bunch more cost to that. I'm not opposed to it. I think getting those cabinets up to the ceiling looks a lot nicer. But just to bear in mind that that project kind of got bigger in scope than you thought it would. So you have to do a little research before you start uh, punching holes in uh, soffits. <laughs> yeah. Anything can be fixed and can be moved. It's just that what you can't see, you can't see. And so you just have to bear bear that in mind. What else? The, another thing that comes up often is, you know, in these older homes, especially the stairways are, are steep and hard to get up and down and people want to do something with their stairway. And that, again, I, I'm not trying to sound like the ultimate pessimist, but, the, you know, <laughs> it's really looking at the big picture. It's, it's, again, a code issue. So as soon as we would touch the stairway, we've got to make it fit code, which means it's got to have a certain rise, a certain run. It's got to have a certain headroom. And what we often run into is it just doesn't work. Mm. It, you, you can't physically get that in the house anymore. There are instances where the building department will give some wavering and we've worked with building departments on it when we absolutely have to do something with the stairway, but there is no possible way to make it fully meet code. And they've worked with us on it. But in, in general terms, it becomes a really tricky, tricky subject. Hmm, boy. So those the folks who have a house designed like that are out of luck as far as they want to change the stairway, unless there's a waiver. Yeah. And with all this stuff, you know, what comes into it is people say, well, why did they do it this way? Well, they they did it this way because at the time they did it, it was correct. Now, you know, the rules have changed, The and that is just what we have to live with, so we have to accommodate those changes in rules. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's just that now they're, they're, the rules are different. What else can we learn before you take your leave today? Whoops. <clears throat> Around... Um, you know, some things like we talked about electrical code things, some things around plumbing code things. Now, in recent code changes, the size of the vent and the size of the drain has been increased. If you, for instance, want to take a tub out of a bathroom, put a shower in. We do a lot of that with older folks that are looking for a little more accessible time. Sure. Well, the tub may have only had an inch and a half drain, but showers require a two-inch drain and a two-inch vent. Well, you've got to go all the way back to the main stack, and you've got to go all the way up to where it vents out. So, again, it just might mean opening up more things, and if, you know, you're on a second floor and you're trying to get back into that main stack, you might end up having to take apart part of the ceiling, part of the floor. It just makes it a little more more of a project. And more costly. More costly. Again, it's not that you shouldn't do it. It's just to realize that when you're doing stuff like that, it should be more more costly and to be expecting that. 
Well, we're just about out of time, Eric. Always good to see you again. Uh, you enjoy your uh, new leaf guard gutters there. Right? I will. I will. And I know we're running a special right now on, on season guard windows yes. and on Mar- Marvin Infinity and its uh, free installation. Uh, so give us a ring at, yeah. at 1-800-LEAF-GUARD at the office. And if you have any kitchen, bathroom additions, we talked to a guy that we did a porch for a while ago. Yeah. Uh, give us a call. Absolutely. Do some great work. Uh, well, that says, Eric says, 1-800-LEAF-GUARD. Or you can always get online if you want to check things out at lindusconstruction.com. I'll spell it again, L-I-N-D-U-S. Thanks, Eric Kuby. We'll see you down the road.